Welcome to the Later in Life Planning Show with Patrick Colley, brought to you by Keystone Elder Law, right here on News Radio WHP 580. Now, here's your host, Patrick Colley. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. At Keystone Elder Law, we are trying to be the shield for people all over South Central Pennsylvania to protect them from the costs and the challenges that come with getting older. And I've spoken in previous episodes of the show about how we identify specific predictable threats, how we address those threats using estate planning tools, such as a power of attorney, a will, certain kinds of trusts. So this show, the Later in Life Planning Show, is part of Keystone Elder Law's emphasis on educating people first before they make major decisions to secure a better future for their family. If you hear something, if you want to know more, if you have questions, uh, go to KeystoneElderLaw.com. Among other things you'll find there is a workshops tab where you can get registered for the next weekly online workshop. You can take it in from the comfort of your own home. There are There's one that deals with middle class estate planning and asset protection. There's another one that goes into some depth about how you will pay for long-term care. And that's a lot of the the gist of of this show. If you if you've listened to the show before, if you find the previous episodes on the podcast menu at whp580.com or with your iHeart app on your phone or your Apple Podcasts app, uh, if you find previous episodes, I've gone through not just the legal planning, but all of the planning to get ready for the later years of life, the health issues, the financial planning, um, and today. We're going to talk about something that's different from what I've spoken about before, another piece of the later in life puzzle. So, you know, I've spoken a lot on this show about how long-term care affects a very large percentage of the population, but even more people are just going to need basic doctor visits. They're going to need to go to the hospital on occasion. They're going to need to take medications. So the question comes up, what is your health insurance in your retirement years. And for most people listening to this show, you need to be sure that you have a basic understanding of Medicare. So again, Medicare and Medicaid are both important to understand. I've spoken in previous episodes at length about Medicaid because that's the safety net for the middle class uh, families who need long-term care. But Medicare is your health insurance for going to the doctor, for any procedures you need, that sort of thing. So I'm excited today to be joined by two people who are as fluent in the language of Medicare as I am in long-term care planning and Medicaid. They are Bob Pease and Tessa Broski from the Alera Group. And welcome to both of you, Tess and uh, Bob. Thanks for sharing your expertise today. Super. Thanks for having us, Thank Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. And, you know, we were, we were we're already, of course, brainstorming a future episode of this show to talk about issues that people should consider if they're already on Medicare and maybe they're considering a change in their plan for one reason or another. Maybe uh, expenses are not what they like or maybe there's been a change in their health and they just want to look at their options. So I know that you're, the both of you are, are a wealth of information when it comes to looking at existing plans and advising people and so forth. Um but I think some of what we're going to talk about today will be a helpful refresher for those people. But I, I really want to focus today on the people who are listening to this show who are coming up on that magical age of 65. They see it coming. They know that's when you're supposed to sign up for Medicare, but maybe they're still working or maybe they have some health insurance through their employer and they want to know, well, 
what if I delay signing up for Medicare? What happens? Or or can I have both? Or, you know, that's what we're going to go through today. And I think that's going to be incredibly helpful. But let's start with the basics. Talk. Can you tell me just like what's the difference between original Medicare, Medicaid, Medicare Advantage and so forth? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So original Medicare, I call that the base model. So that's also called the alphabet soup of Medicare, original Medicare parts A and parts B. Okay. Part A and part B, A, think of that as standing for admit because it's going to cover you when you go to the hospital. It's going to cover you if you are uh, in a skilled nursing facility after, say, a stroke or after, you know, if you need rehab, something along those lines. So anywhere that you're going to be admitted will be covered under your Part A, original Medicare. Part B, that's for doctor visits. So think of outpatient doctor visits, outpatient surgery, lab work, et cetera, MRIs, x-rays, those kind of things. All of that's covered under Medicare Part B. What you'll notice I didn't say uh, is drug coverage. Incredibly important for senior citizens to have affordable drug coverage. Original Medicare A and B does not cover that. So a lot of times, one of the first questions we get from people who are eligible for Medicare is, why do I need something beyond original Medicare A and B that's being provided to me by, you know, my social security benefit. Why do I, I've paid for this? Why do I need something extra? Well, there are important things that are missing. The drug coverage is probably the most important thing that's missing. So you do have to sign up for a supplemental part D plan through a private insurance company to get the drug coverage that you need. In addition to that, there's still co-pays and costs affiliated with Medicare Parts A and B. And in, in today's day and age, those costs truly aren't that affordable. There are very affordable ways to supplement that coverage through Medicare Part C or a Medigap or Medicare supplement policy that will lower your out-of-pocket costs when you go and seek care. Perfect example is under Medicare Part A when you're hospitalized, there's a very large deductible. And that deductible resets itself every 60 days. By signing up for a Part C plan, which is also medical coverage, including the hospital visits and the Part B coverage uh, at the doctor, uh, you are eliminating that deductible entirely and you're replacing it with a different set of copays that are much more affordable. And that, so when we get into this alphabet soup, the Part A, Part B, and then the drug coverage being separate. How is so? So Part C has a name, and it's. It, I think it's an attempt, a more modern attempt, much newer than the Part A, Part B, to sort of cobble together some of the benefits of the other parts. Am I right about that? You got it. So Part C is also commonly referred to as Medicare Advantage, or you might hear it referred to as Medicare Advantage Prescription Drug, or MAPD. Uh, what it does is it gives you that hospital benefit that you would be getting from original Part A. It gives you the Part B benefit. Uh, it gives you the drug coverage and some very important extra benefits like dental, vision, and hearing all rolled into one easy-to-use plan. And they're a lot like Medicare Advantage Part C plans are, are a lot like what we're used to. You know, usually our group plans are either an HMO or a PPO, right, um, where you pay a premium and in exchange for that premium, you pay a copay when you seek service and you stay within a network of doctors, uh, that's what a Medicare Advantage plan is. It's designed very similarly, so it's an easy adjustment for people as they enroll. So as if somebody comes in to see one of you, and, and I should say that this is the Alera Group, so Bob, for example, can be reached at bob.pease, P-E-A-S-E, at 
Alera Group, A-L-E-R-A group.com. So if you get in touch with Bob, uh, you know, and somebody comes in you and, you and you just run through Part A, Part B, and then there's drug coverage, but you could just go with Part C. I can imagine some head spinning. So sure. how do you, how, what are some of the factors that people should, should know right off the bat that they should be, what are questions they should be asking themselves when balancing all of these options? Sure, Patrick. A lot of folks come in and they really don't understand what original Medicare is and what their options are and what's covered. So we sit down and spend a good bit of time explaining what original Medicare is, how it works, and then we show them their options. There's um, options of getting a Medicare supplement plan and attaching a Part D prescription drug to that, or they could go with a Medicare Advantage plan. One of the things they say is, well, how do I figure out which plan is best for me? So I'll sit down and ask them several questions. I'll say, well, do you guys travel? Do you go and spend different parts uh, of your year, like maybe in Arizona or Florida? So that tells me that if they do travel, that maybe a Medicare supplement might be a plan that works much better for them. I might ask them about their um, doctoring, if they're um, visiting a doctor or um, where they're taking their uh, medications and so forth. And I'll ask them if they'd like us to figure out how those plans work well with them. And then we'll look at the various plans because some plans will work better than other plans, depending on what medications or what doctors. If people are stationary, like if they want to stay in an area, well, then network is important. So I'll ask them about their doctors and where they doctor. So there's a whole host of programs a whole host of questions that go hand in hand. Um, sometimes their finances dictate where they might go because one of the plans has a monthly premium. Another plan may not have a monthly premium. Sure. So there's a lot of factors. And, and obviously at, at Keystone Elder Law, I'm doing the same thing in a, in a related but very different context where we're we're planning ahead for long-term care costs and, and we're balancing all of these factors. What's the need for uh, asset protection. Is there a special needs child involved? Uh, you know, what might we need to say, is there a healthy spouse at home? So, so that, that makes a lot of sense that you're talking to people about the realities of their life. What can they afford? What are, what, what's going to fit their lifestyle and so forth. We are speaking today with, uh, Tess Broski and Bob Pease from Alera Group. They are experts in Medicare, and obviously already you see they understand a whole foreign language that we're trying to boil down for you today. We'll come back in a moment and get more into Medicare considerations. You're listening to the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law, on News Radio WHP 580. Now, more of the Later in Life Planning Show. Here on News Radio WHP 580. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. I'm your host, Patrick Cauley, and joining me today are Tess Brosky and Bob Pease of the Alera Group, experts in Medicare. And one thing I wanted to ask the two of you is, you know, I think you know, anytime that there's a resource where people know an awful lot and then you you add so much value to people's lives in helping them navigate this alphabet soup. You know they're going to come. They're they're going to say, "Well, this sounds great. I need to get in touch with with the Alera Group. Uh, what's it going to cost me?" 
nothing. <laughs> so a uh, common misconception. In fact, I've even had people try to tip me before when I tell them the consultation is free, but um, really how we're compensated, uh, we're compensated by the carrier and the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid regulate that compensation. It does not come out of your pocket. So essentially you can go direct to Medicare, you can go direct to a private health insurance company and try to navigate the Medicare waters on your own, which you know, it, this is what we do for a living. It can be very confusing outside of that. Um, or you can go directly through a broker like Alara Group where, you know, our, our consultation is completely free to you. Um, there's no obligation to enroll in any options with us. And really, we're about education. We want to help you understand your options. We want to see that light bulb go off uh, so that you feel more confident in a decision that's going to affect the quality of your life in retirement. You know, that's very important. And and again, one way or the other, we are not incentivized. Our compensation is regulated and we are not incentivized to steer you one way or the other. That's the beauty about Medicare. Yeah. And the, the regulations are so strict that the people listening have to be the ones who start the conversation. But, you, you know, you can't say, like, I, oh, have Bob Pease give me a call. Well, I can't have him give you a call. You have to reach out to him first. So Bob.Pease, P-E-A-S-E, at aleragroup.com is how, or his cell phone, actually. He's gracious enough to offer that. 717-574-2448 is how you would reach out to Bob if you wanted to start the conversation about your options locally. Uh, getting back to the alphabet soup, and you were talking about Part A, Part B, that's traditional Medicare You'd have to add the, the drug coverage. That's Part D. Part C, the Medicare Advantage, just sort of cobbles together some of the benefits. And, and you know, you, you, you gave me an idea of what you would be asking people to see which is the better option for, for financial reasons, for lifestyle reasons. Um, I, I guess another basic question is when should people get this ball rolling? When do, when do you apply for Medicare? Sure. And that's a question we get all the time. And uh, I like to say that I like to talk with folks when they turn 64 years old because that's a really good time to sit down with them. There's no pressure. They may be working, so they may be analyzing, hey, how long do I work? How are my group benefits versus Medicare? So we can sit down with them really early on and give them a basic understanding of the time period of when they can enroll and when they should enroll. And if they're not uh, employed, uh, we go over the uh, rule for the initial enrollment period, the IEP, and that period is really important because it starts on your 65th birthday is your first month with which you can enroll, and then you get a three-month window prior to your birth month, and then you get a three-month window after your birth month. So you have seven months with which to enroll in Original Medicare Part A and Part B. So that's the first discussion that we have with them to see if that makes sense. This the second discussion is, uh, okay, you are working. It's very important to know how many employees this person has because Medicare differentiates small employer groups, fewer than 20, and that's primary. And 20 or more employees, Medicare is secondary. So that dictates, do I enroll in Medicare early on or do I wait with my group health plan? And we walk you all through that because if you're Fewer than 20 employees, you need to enroll in Part A and Part B. Otherwise, you have a gap in coverage. And some folks don't have any idea that that gap exists. If you're more than 20 employees, you can remain on your group health plan as long as it's creditable coverage. 
And then once you retire, you create what's called a special enrollment period where we can enroll you at that point, that point in time. So, so if just as an example, somebody out there listening to the show, uh, they work for Hershey Foods. Obviously, not a small employer. That's a very large employer. Uh, they they have you know thousands of employees. That person is planning to work until he or she is, let's say, sixty eight. Um, what are the options if the person's coming up on their 65th birthday? So they see 65 coming. They've, they've heard there's some big penalty if you miss signing up for Medicare, but they want to work a few more years. They have insurance through Hershey Foods. What are the options? So that's a great question because what happens a lot of times in Medicare, we see a lot of fear-based marketing. And so you get people pushing the panic, bu- panic button at age 65 when they're currently working and they have employer group coverage, uh, now they have plenty of options at this point. If their employer group is large, like Hershey Foods, uh, they have plenty of options. They can stay on their group health plan as their primary insurance, and they can enroll in Medicare as secondary insurance if they choose to. In my opinion, that's really not necessary. There's a cost affiliated with Medicare Part B, and I wouldn't recommend it to someone who already has good insurance that, they, that they're comfortable with. They can drop their group health plan if they like the Medicare option better, and they waive that as primary insurance, and they can jump on a Medicare plan and make that their primary if they choose to drop the group. So the best thing to do is what Bob mentioned before. At age 64, educate yourself. Know your options. Because, you know, at 65, some people work to 75 and beyond. You may or may not be in a better position enrolling in Medicare. um, But don't, you know, pull the trigger out of fear because there is a cost affiliated with it. You may not need to spend it. And you're absolutely right about the fear-based marketing. I, I'm not getting the mailers in yet. I'm not quite there <laughs> age-wise, but um, but I, I, I know what you're talking about. But just to sort of put it in perspective, if that same person listening to the show doesn't work for Hershey, but they work for a mom-and-pop specialty chocolate shop that has five employees, now their options are a little bit different, even, even if mom-and-pop provide um, group health insurance for the small for the small business employees, uh, what are their options now when when it comes to the approaching 65th birthday in Medicare? Sure, that's a great question. So their options are, let's say they're 64 and they're on the small group plan and it's under 20 employees. So they have to enroll in Part A and Part B because what happens is Medicare says that Medicare responds primary. The group health plan responds secondary. So if you go to a doctor's office and you have a doctor's office visit, your current carrier and your could say, oh, your doctor's office visit needs to go to Medicare Part A and Part B. Well, if you're not enrolled in Part A and Part B, you're going to pay that out of your pocket. So you leave yourself a gap in coverage. So when I sit down with someone, the first thing I talk about is you need to enroll in Part A and Part B. So we help them get enrolled in those. um, And that's just going to Social Security, right? Mm -hmm. That's you. You actually apply for Medicare Part A, Part B through the Social Security Administration. Mm -hmm. So I believe SSA.gov, correct? Or they have a phone number, and so okay. Mm -hmm. So so that might be basic. And then where do you go from there? So then once they get enrolled in Medicare, they have their Medicare number and they have their Part A and Part B effective dates because those three pieces of information are really important. Then we can sit down with them and explain the different options. Do they want to enroll in a supplement plan with a drug with a prescription drug plan, 
or do they want to enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan? So we'll go through and explain the coverages under each one of those products and then see which one fits their needs. And briefly, why would somebody need a supplement plan if they go with Part A, Part B? What, what, is the, what role does the supplement play then? Sure. So Part A under Medicare has some deductibles and has some co-payments. For example, when you go to the hospital, uh, when you go in an admitted stay, it's a $1,600 deductible for a 60-day benefit period. And then you have co-payments. So the first 60 days, there's no co-payments. Your $1,600 deductible picks you up for that. Days 61 through 90, it's a $400 a day co-payment. And days 91 through 150, it's an $800 a day co-payment. So those $1,600, those co-payments all add up after a while. That's a lot out of pocket. It does. So a Medicare supplement would pick up all of those co-payments. The other thing that's really important under Medicare Part A is there's a a 60-day lifetime benefit limit. So you could exhaust your days, meaning you could go up to 150 days of hospital coverage. You've used your 60-day reserves. Now you're back down to 90 days of coverage. Well, the supplement then comes over top of that and adds extra days of hospital coverage to that. So that's one of the reasons that a supplement would be really helpful. On on the Part B side, there's an initial uh, $226 deductible, but then there's 20% coinsurance on top of any charges, meaning your outpatient visits, your doctor visits, your durable medical equipment visits, your MRIs, you pay 20% of those costs, and there's no limit for the entire year on those costs. Medicare supplement would come in and pick that up. Is your head spinning yet? <laughs> Boy, this this Medicare stuff is complicated. That's why we have experts like the Alera Group here with us today, Tess Broski and Bob Pease, to uh, explain it all to us. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. Welcome back to the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. Here's Patrick Colley. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. We're providing an awful lot of education today. Today's topic is Medicare. Of course, if you're interested in the other parts of your later in life planning, whether it be asset protection for the middle class, long-term care planning, and where Medicaid might be, how you're going to pay for care or long-term care insurance, go to keystoneelderlaw.com, click on the workshops tab, and get signed up for one of the next weekly uh, webinars, online workshops that we do. Before the break, uh, Bob Pease was talking about the uh, the supplement plan. So if you went with Part A or Part B, you still have a lot of out-of-pocket uh, payments to make. Um, and the supplement plan, Bob, is is uh, do I can I boil this down to it'll allow you to avoid a lot of out-of-pocket costs? Or how would you summarize it? Yeah, so it's an insurance policy administered by an insurance company to pick up those uh, deductibles and co-payments and out-of-pocket costs. That is correct. So. Medicare supplements, they're a fantastic option. And when you're talking to your neighbors or friends about, you know, their plan G or their plan F or their plan N, those are all variations of Medicare supplement plans. Now, what they do, as Bob mentioned, is they're going to reduce or eliminate the higher co-pays and cost sharing that come with original Medicare. And so they sound like a really great thing, and they are. 
Uh, there's two downfalls to these plans. One, the premiums are significantly higher than a Medicare Advantage option. So you have to be able to budget for it. Those premiums also go up with age. So what's affordable at age 65 may not be affordable at age 75. The other downfall we see with Medicare supplements is simply that uh, they only cover what original Medicare covers. So as Bob mentioned, you know, they're going to, original Medicare A and B will pay its share. And then whatever's remaining, your Medicare supplement will come and pay the remainder. So it's not going to pay if original Medicare doesn't pay the claim first. So that means no drug coverage included in your Medicare supplement plan, no dental vision hearing coverage included in your Medicare supplement plan. So Price and limitations in the extra benefits is is really the downfall. And folks who are looking for something a little more inclusive of that dental vision hearing and drug coverage may want to steer toward a Medicare Advantage plan. Mentioned before, those are your typical HMOs and PPOs. They have uh, co-pays, yes, for services, but especially in the state of Pennsylvania, pretty affordable co-pays. You can get a Medicare Advantage plan for little to no premium. And you can also uh, get a Medicare Advantage plan that includes dental coverage, vision coverage, hearing coverage, uh, you know, and some other extra benefits. And of course, the drug coverage that we need. So it's all in one. It's more affordable. Um, and, and it really does boil down to a couple of things, whether you choose a Medicare supplement plan or a Medicare Advantage plan. It boils down to, you know, how do you feel about healthcare? Are you saying to yourself, I would rather pay more up front and know I'm not going to be hit with a big bill later? Or would you rather say, I want to keep my money in my pocket until I actually seek the service? So really, it's your mentality. It's how often you use your health care and it's what you can afford. And along with those balancing of what's important to you and the answer will differ from one person to the next, I'm sure. Um, you know, I was as you were rattling off those sort of pros and cons of traditional A and B or the Medicare Advantage plan. I'm thinking, you know, what about if there's a copay? Um, at my understanding, is with Part A and Part B, traditional Medicare. There's you have to pay that copay or that other expense every single time, and it's not like you hit some maximum amount and they say, okay, you don't have to pay the copay anymore. If you, in other words, if you have as I see at Keystone Elder Law, I, I do see people who run into their health is just going downhill. And if every trip to the doctor or the hospital was a new significant copay or expense, then that's really going to add up as opposed to, and maybe you can confirm this, with a Medicare Advantage plan, there would be some point where they would say, okay, you don't have to pay any more copays. You got it. Exactly. So Medicare requires all Medicare Advantage plans to offer what's called a maximum out-of-pocket limit. I tell people all the time, this is not a cost expectation. It is a cost limit. It truly is. Because you might have a $20 copay to see a specialist. Maybe you go to the specialist three times a year and that's it. So you're out-of-pocket $60. Now your plan might have a $6,500 maximum out-of-pocket limit. You, that's not an expectation of your cost. It's not the same thing as a deductible. What it's saying is if you have a really rough year with a lot of unanticipated and unforeseen illness, accident, et cetera, the most you will pay in medical cost sharing will be $6,500. So it actually protects you. It's not a bad thing. 
And that's, I would say, a fair range. You know, in our market, you can see those maximum out-of-pockets anywhere from around 5000 all the way up to the maximum, which I think is eighty five fifty this year. So, you know, it just depends. And again, um, you know, your plan design and what you choose uh, is really based on your personal circumstances. Yeah, and what I'd like to add to that is on the Medicare supplement plan, there's no out-of-pocket maximum. They pick up all of the costs above Part A and Part B. One of the things that's really important to know is when you go to a Medicare Advantage plan, the drug plan, the drug costs don't go to that maximum out-of-pocket. Just because the drug is part of the Advantage plan, that out-of-pocket maximum is strictly for medical expenses during on the medical plan. Either way, on the Part D, Part D standalone plan or incorporated Medicare Advantage, there's no out-of-pocket maximum on the drug plan. So we spend a lot of time looking at an individual's drugs and showing them how they're going to cost out for the year. We have some software programs that allow us to walk them through the different stages of the drug plan so they can see what their financial impact might be. I was going to say, you must have a software program. (laughs) How would you keep this all in your head and keep it straight? But if I can, yeah, sort of putting this together, on the one hand, if my main concern is, what if I run into a string of bad health? I'm I'm having a number of trips to a doctor or a hospital, and these co-pays are adding up. Well, then I wish if I have part A and part B, that's what I'm, you know, yes, there's no limit on the number of co-pays that you're going to have. But you can get a supplement plan, so then anything over Part A, Part B, then you don't have to worry about all of these added copays. However, you don't have drug coverage unless you get D, and gosh, we've we've all heard about the cost of, of prescription medication, so if I have to take a certain medication now where the cost is is extremely high. It's not like the supplement plan is going to help me at all there. So then I'm balancing all of that against a Medicare Advantage plan that puts together A and B as well as Part D drug coverage, and I can maybe keep my, my co-pays, uh, or I'm sorry, my annual premiums lower, um, and then I don't want to I don't want to rule out some of the other uh, uh, benefits that uh, Tess you were talking about. I think you know there's you talked about Bob travel. Tess talked about networks, and I I think that came up where there's you know you, you you're not you don't have to go to a particular place. There's maybe no network restrictions. So have I have I summarized what I'm balanced? If I'm come in and I talk to you at Alera Group, I, this is you're trying to tease out of me the information of like. Well, what's important to you? What financially? How, where do you stand? What's your lifestyle looking like? And these are the factors you're looking at. Absolutely. Right. Yep. So that's a really good summary. And a lot of folks, I'll ask them what's important to them because some folks will come in and say, I want a plan with dental and vision. So I say, great. So let's take a look at a plan with dental and vision. Some of them hear like, oh, I hear about this over-the-counter medic, uh, this over-the-counter dollars that are available, Medicare Advantage has those dollars where you get a certain dollar amount per month or per quarter, and you can go into any pharmacy and get like aspirin or Pepto-Bismol or Aleve and vitamins and all those type of things. So they're looking at that. But it's really an injustice to them if we just say, yep, here's a plan for you. It's got dental and vision and over-the-counter medicine without sitting down and kind of going through all the nuances of the questions of are you traveling. Some of the questions we ask them, if you'd like me to see – how the plan might respond to your medical conditions. I mean, we can't ask them right out about their medical conditions. We have to say, would you like to see how it affects your your costs? 
we can then go through the plans and show how their copays might work or how the deductible might work. And they might see something eye open and says, hmm, maybe the Advantage plan might not be the best option for me, or maybe a supplement might not be a best option for me. I also want to make note because there are so many factors and it is so individualized. We have something at Alera Group we call the Medicare and Retirement Workbook. And it's uh, it's in kind of an interactive workbook where you can go through a series of questions to identify, you know, when you should enroll in Medicare, maybe which plan option is best for you. It's a great jumping off point. And you can email Bob to receive a digital copy of that and kind of work through some of these questions on your own. I always recommend, because again, there's no cost, that once you complete the workbook, you do work with someone like Bob to, you know, really nail down your choice, but it's a great starting point. So you can email him and request that. That's fantastic. And again, his email is bob.pease, P-E-A-S-E, at aleragroup.com. And, you know, Bob, what you were saying about people come in and they, they have in their mind, I want this. Well, they're making a conclusion that you only get to after an awful lot of analysis. That sure sounds familiar. People coming in, I, I want a, a will, I want a trust. And like, well, hold on, let's let's figure out what, what the job is before we reach into the toolbox. All good stuff. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to the Later in Life Planning Show sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. It's the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. Now your host, Patrick Colley. We're back on the Later in Life Planning Show sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. I'm your host, Patrick Colley. Uh, my guests today are Tess Broski and Bob Pease of Alera Group. They are a broker of Medicare uh, and, and experts on all things Medicare, as if you've been listening, you've already figured out. This can be enough to spin your head and and get you just hopelessly confused, which is why part of your later in life planning ought to be consulting with somebody to really lay it all out there. What are your finances look like? What does your health look like? And then look at your options rather than jumping to conclusions. You know, my neighbor got this, so that's what I'm going to do. That's that's probably not the best planning, really considering all of your options. Um Bob and Tess, we were talking about uh, the alphabet soup, and one that maybe we haven't given uh, a whole lot of attention to is the drug coverage and some of the details there, and I understand there's some changes afoot. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. The Part D prescription drug plan is another one of the letters, Part D, that goes into making up you know a, a rounded package for someone because prescription drug coverage is not covered under original Medicare, nor is it covered under a Medicare supplement. This Prescription drug means going into the retail pharmacy, getting your prescription filled, and walking out with it, or going to a mail-order pharmacy vendor. And under Medicare, they have a four-stage prescription drug program, and it's really, really important to understand how that works. Could That could, could be significantly financially impactful to someone in the, three, the uh, later stages of that program. So the initial stage is the deductible stage. And that's where you could have anywhere from a zero to a $505 deductible in uh, 2023. Some of the Medicare Advantage plans will offer a plan. They'll buy out that deductible for you. You don't have a deductible. So either you have a zero deductible or that $505, then you go to the initial uh, phase where you have your co-pays. And people are used to this stage. That's what they're typically on now with their group health insurance plan. They'll pay a preferred generic, a generic copay, a brand copay. And they'll be in that stage. However, in Medicare, Medicare is different than group health insurance because on the group health insurance side, you never leave that copay stage. Well, in Medicare, 
once your costs and a part of the insurance carrier's costs hit $4,660, you now move over to that um, gap phase or the old donut hole phase. And here's where it changes because now the copays go away and now you're paying 25% of the costs of the drugs, whether it be a brand or whether it be a generic drug. So let's just say that on your generic drug, that was $1,000 a month. Well, you had a $0 copay. You're not paying anything for it. Well, now you move over to that gap phase or that um, donut hole phase. That drug is now $250 a month. So that's a big change when you're going to get your prescription that next month. It's a lot of dollars. That's huge if you're on a fixed budget in retirement. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of people don't know when they look at their medications when they hit that. We can take your medications if you want us to and give them to us. We can put them into our program, and we can literally let you know, based upon the, the numbers that we have, when you will hit that phase so we can help you plan budget-wise with that phase. Or if you will hit it. So, it, again, we go back to you know some of the fear in the market, the dreaded donut hole. You know, People ask, do I need to worry about it? It depends. Most seniors who are taking common Tier 1 and Tier 2 prescriptions or generics they may not be affected at all by the donut hole. But if you do have brand name drugs on tiers three, four, or five, that's when we really want to, you know, do what Bob suggested and do an evaluation of those drug costs and make sure that you are not going to hit the donut hole or give you an idea of when you will hit it throughout the course of the year. And that's something that, I mean, again, if, you, if, you're, if you're in fine health and then things just start taking a turn for the worse, one diagnosis and the, the type of medication you're taking could change significantly and the cost could change. So once you're on Medicare, this is something that would be uh, looked at when when there's that annual period, October or, or so, and then you help people get through a reanalysis of it. Is that how that would work? And one of the things that we strive when I'm talking to folks is that you're not locked into this forever. Uh, if you're in a Medicare Advantage plan, you can look at this plan every single year and you can change plans if you need to every single year during that uh, annual enrollment period. And that's October 15th through December the 7th. And what we sit down with is go over your, your medications and show you how they work. Well, insurance companies change what they call their formularies each year, and they change how they tier drugs. So in October, maybe September, you'll get what's called an ANOC letter, your annual notice of change. The carriers will send this to you. And they'll tell you how your plan is changing. Well, at that time, that's when you want to look at your drug program because the carriers could have changed the tiering, meaning moving it from a tier one or tier two up to a brand level copay. That could cost significant financial impact. Well, that might be a good time for us to get together, look at some other options for you and see if there's a better option to put you back into that tier one and tier two level. So we recommend every single year that they at least review their drug plan. How the heck would people getting that letter make heads or tails of that? I mean, there's probably so much that they're not seeing that is going to hit them right in the wallet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why, again, we tell them if, when you're getting ready for Medicare eligibility, whether you're planning to retire or not, educate yourself between age 64 and 65. And also, like you said, when that ANOC letter comes in the mail, the annual notice of change, September, call your rep, call your salesperson, call Bob Pease and just say, I just want to know you know, should we sit down and review this year? It's the simplest way to get through it. So one thing that I've been I've been wondering about too is if if the person who's listening to the show right now is still working, you've given them an awful lot of information to think about with their current group plan, the Medicare options, 
What if they've been saving in a health savings account and what, what role do health savings accounts play in all of this? So with health savings accounts, really, they they are, they're through your employer and they're designed for you, you know, to work with your group employer coverage, right? So the problem is people don't understand Medicare Part A is free. And so a lot of times people will get on Medicare Part A, even if they still have their group coverage. That could seriously impact their ability to contribute to an HSA. Um, because once you are enrolled in any parts of Medicare A, B, C, or D, you can no longer make your contribution. Now, let's say you are not enrolled in any parts of Medicare, but your spouse is. Good news is you can still contribute your full family amount into the HSA, and you can use those funds to pay for Medicare expenses. Um, so it's just something to be very aware of. So when someone's talking about, hey, I'm planning to continue to work, um, and I, you know, don't know if I should do Medicare or if I should stay on my group plan, the first question I'm going to ask them is, do you currently have an HSA? Because that's going to be a really big determining factor. And how much is in there? Because, you know, if if, if I heard you correctly, you're saying that even if I go on Medicare and I might have a copay, I can use the money I saved tax-free or mostly tax-free in my HSA to cover that. that uh, so if I have a ton of money, well, that's a good way to spend it. Absolutely. So you can use your HSA funds to pay for Medicare expenses. The exception to that rule is Medicare supplement premiums. You cannot use it towards that. Of course, there had to be an exception like that. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to make anything simple. Um, but So you can use it towards your Medicare uh, costs, but you cannot continue to contribute once you're enrolled in Medicare. So if that's something you want to do, continue to contribute, then you would not enroll in Medicare as long as you still have access to creditable group coverage. Yeah, one of the things that's also important about health savings accounts, so let's say you're 66 or 67, you're not enrolled in Part A or Part B, you're on the group health plan, and you've been contributing to your HSA. You're okay to do that. However, now you want to say, this is June, I want to retire in July, I want to leave the health plan. Well, there's a a, a look-back period. So um, Social Security looks back. Did you contribute the last six months to that health savings account? So- Prior planning helps avoid that by saying, <clears throat> excuse me, by saying stop contributing six months before your retirement date. Wow. So even planning in advance, there's there's things you, you want to do given timelines. This sure sounds familiar with Medicaid planning and long-term care. There's a five-year look back, and we, we want to be very careful about that as well. So- what what are some some final thoughts? I mean, what what should people do with all of this information? Where should they go for further resources? What would you recommend? So I would have them uh, reach out to us at Alera Group or reach out to myself at Alera Group and schedule a time just to get together. We do complimentary consultations. There's no charge. Um, typically, we'll spend an hour or so with you going over answering your questions. It's a very informative, very informal. Uh, time we get together. And at that point, we can look at your own situation and help you map out a timeline that makes complete sense for you. And then once we do that, we become a resource. So during the week, if a question pops up, you can text me, email me, and we're happy to help you from that point going forward. Yeah. And keeping in mind that the people listening have to make the first move because of all those those thorny <clears throat> regulations. But once they've open up the conversation, then you can talk to them and you can be a little more available. But that's bob.pease, P-E-A-S-E, at alera group, A-L-E-R-A, group.com. 
Bob, his phone number is 717-574-2448. And of course, I will uh, extend the the offer of education as well, keystoneelderlaw.com, the workshops tab. We're doing weekly online workshops. We, you know, if if you have a church group or a book group, we're we're welcome to come out and uh, or we're we're uh, happy to come out and 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 speak with your folks as well about all of these later in life planning options. Bob and Tess, thank you so much for such amazing information. Well, thank you, Patrick. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having us. This has been great. Join me next week for another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show. You are listening to News Radio WHP 580.